My daddy's gone on, my grandpa's gone on, my great-grandpa's gone on. But they still live. You know, the, the spray is still here. Well, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Tell me of a home far away. Hello and welcome everybody. You're listening to It Still Lives, the Foxfire podcast, where we take you on a journey through Southern Appalachian history, one story at a time. I'm your host, Cami Ahrens, Curator and Director of Education at the Foxfire Museum, bringing you some stories of community this fall. We are rapidly approaching our annual fall festival, so we're gearing up to have all kinds of exciting games and music and food here in Raven County on Saturday, October 8th. And as I was getting ready for the festival, I started thinking more and more about what community gatherings used to look like in Appalachia and where some of our current traditions like shucking the corn um, or chasing the pig come from. So I took a look back into our archive and pulled out some stories of community activities to share with you this month. So we are going to be looking at what community life was like and how chores and tedious tasks like pea thrashings or corn chuckings were turned into exciting and fun community events that really set the stage for social activities here in the mountains. Many of these activities took place in the fall, whether it was early fall surrounding the harvest or later into the fall as people would prepare for winter. Many of these activities come from the Scots-Irish settlers who practice Cayleys in Scotland and then later in Ulster. And these were gatherings that took place around a hearth. And these often happened in winter times when the days were much, much shorter up in the islands. And people would come together and play music, dance, tell stories. And this tradition certainly traveled with settlers over to Appalachia. But certainly the Scots-Irish weren't the only ones practicing traditions like this. There were community gatherings in every culture. We can just trace direct ties back to some of these activities. The majority of the interviews that we're going to listen to today were originally featured in the spring-summer 1971 issue of the Foxfire magazine. This was an article that students wrote on some of these traditions, community activities that they'd first heard about from Aunt Ari Carpenter in a 1970 interview where she started talking about corn shuckings. As with a lot of topics, the students started asking more and more questions on that same interview and succeeding interviews as well. So today we're going to hear from Aunt Ari, who started again this initial topic by talking about corn shuckings, but she also talks about house raising and barn raisings. And the latter was actually more of a gendered activity, and we'll hear this repeated in other interviews as well. But most of the activities were not gendered. So corn shuckings, pea thrashings, candy poolings, all of those activities would have seen participation from both genders and all ages. There are other gendered activities, though, such as quiltings. That would have been primarily women coming together. Um, And interestingly, the candy poolings were an important part of courtship practices. So a candy pooling, um, you'd be paired up with a boy or a girl, and usually it was your sweetheart, and so it was a big deal if you could get to pull candy with the person you were courting. We're also going to, at the end, hear from Lena Dorsey, who was interviewed in 2013, so a much, much later interview. But she's going to highlight the importance of baseball in her community. 
Alina Dorsey has a really interesting story and you can read more about it in the Foxfire Magazine um, issue that she was featured in or she'll be featured in our upcoming book, The Foxfire Book of Appalachian Women. But Lena grew up in Bean Creek, which is a historically black community in White County, Georgia. This community is descended from a group of enslaved peoples who remained in the area after the Civil War. And so they grew up in this really tight-knit community where everybody was close to family and um, definitely really tight relationships in in such a small area. And they had a very well-known baseball team called the Bean Creek Valley Vets. And so she's going to talk a little bit about what those games looked like and, and the role, again, of that in the community. The one thing that really pulls all of these activities together, though, is food. You'll hear in most of the interviews that they'll talk about the actual activity, but then they always follow it up with, then there was dinner or there was feasting. Sometimes they'll mention music and singing and hooping and hollering and dancing, but sometimes they don't. But they definitely always mention food. Sometimes the activity was centered around producing or preserving food, so definitely the corn shucking um, where you're getting the corn ready either to be ground or to put up over the winter. Um, a candy pulling or an ice cream party, you're definitely making the food. But all of these activities also had a dinner. And so even the activities that may have been gendered, specifically the house and barn raisings, whereas primarily the men performing the activity, the women would still be there because they would be cooking. As I'm sure some of us can imagine today from, you know, going through our own experiences of maybe attending a potluck at a church or helping at a family gathering, a lot of times it's the women who congregate in the kitchen, but that's also where a lot of the um, socialization happens. So this would have definitely still been an important sphere for women of all ages to come together and, you know, catch up on the latest news, maybe share experiences that they're going through, get some advice. Um, it would have been an intergenerational activity for the women and certainly would have provided men with a similar opportunity as well. So as you can see already, these are very important parts of community and community development here in the mountains. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to the interviewees that I have for you today. Um, first up, we have Aunt Erie Carpenter. So she's going to talk about corn shuckins, and I'm not joking, she talks about a lice stomping. <laughs> um, but she'll also talk a little bit about house raising as well. You know, all the old gatherings, they used to have house raisings. We all call them corn shuckins. Corn shuckins? Uh-huh. Yeah, we all call them corn shuckins. Well, a family would raise a big crop of corn, gather it and put it in the creek, crib shed. Mm -hmm. Then, a certain day have a corn shucking. Actually, all the neighbors from everywhere come in there. And then the cook had uh, something to do to cook that gang of workers, something to eat. I can tell you, I've tried it several times. Then they come in and chuck the corn, Sing and have the best time. You've never seen such a good times they had corn shucking in your. I wish you could go corn shucking one time. Oh, I wish I could. I do too. I wish we, I, we, if we had like we used to, we'd have everybody you almost come down here. <laughs> we'd have the best time. Uh, then they shuck the corn, and when they get the corn shucked, if they if they got done, and then you're always finished before you left. They put the man the man of the house that had the corn shucking on a rail and carry him to the house bring him in the house and sit him down and comb his head, comb the lice off his head down the floor and stomp him with the feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had all kinds of fun. You know that wasn't so, but then 
You mean you didn't help? They just done that, but they went fun. <laughs> we made two hundred bushel corn on this place. That's a lot. A lot. How long would it take to shuck that much? Well, they always come. We hardly ever had all day shucking. Hardly ever. When you had that much, we might you had to. But they come at, at dinner time. A lot of them would come. Well, to tell the truth, a lot of them come for dinner. Well, they'd sit down eating and go on to shucking. Well, sometimes they shucked at 12 o'clock at night before they ever get up. Mm -hmm. And singing, hollering, hooping, all that, and carry shucks and hide people in shucks and do everything while they had all the kind of fun in the world. Oh. And so that made people love to go. Aunt Erie, yeah. somebody told us that they used to do some dancing. Dancing after each corn shucking? Yeah, we never did. Did yeah. never did any uh, dancing? I've never been to dancing in my life. Really? Never, never seen that one person dance a little bit in my life. I don't go to dances. Don't go to frolics. Never went to a frolic in my life, and never went to dances in my life. Lori and Gwen also would like to learn about things like house raisings and barn raisings. Do you remember when people used to do that? The neighbors would come and help build? We, we had a house raising to raise this house. Ta can you tell us about it? Uh-huh. We had a house, we had a raising to raise a barn. Uh-huh. Well, we was going to have the logs. You have to go to the mountain and get the logs first. Yeah. Cover, you know, and stake them in. And then ha then get your, ever, your nails and whatever you're going to have ready. And then actually in a, a whole lot of men. You, you know, a whole lot of men to come and raise your house. And they, there's four men, four good men with good axes. And they have to know what to do. They have to cut us. Now, I can't name the notches, but you don't have them, them notches in that one of them. Mm -hmm. you, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Now, I know them, but then still I can't name them. Well, it, each man took a, four men took each corner of the house. And then another man, man stood on the ground, uh, stood on the groundwork, and got them logs ready and rolled them up there. Well, they notched them and then put them down. Well, next thing you know, they got to up to the square of the house. And then if, it, if you had your rafters here, lots of times you didn't have them over here, why you, they, somebody lay them rafters off, somebody knows how, uh, Cartman knows how, lay them rafters off a certain way and cut the notches in the rafters and, and nail them together at the top, and then put them down here and leave them on. I've helped do all that. Wow. Helped do every bit of it. And same, that, that was the house. That was the house, that was the, that was the house. Well, then it took a nose and raised the barn. But, but now this house ain't hard to raise like a barn. See, the house is made out of little logs. Uh-huh. And the barn has to be made out of big logs. We had a hard, well, and then the barns got, the barns got four big stalls in it. Well, it took, took, Eight more it took eight men just you know, for four four stalls to get every stall ever maybe more I don't know and that, that's what and done the same way with it every every man take his and that you never hardly ever got the barn raised one day though no no sir it's too big too too much yeah. well when you had these did just the men come or did did the family come the whole family come over to help well. Some of the women had come to help cook. Yeah. But now they never, never done other women come to help with the barn. Hardly ever. Uh, just to me and come. Mm -hmm. Women come when they had the gardens. So after Aunt Ari, we're going to hear from a later interview with Carrie Stewart. This was done in 1977. Carrie Stewart was a black woman who was born and raised in Franklin, North Carolina. And she was 
I think 98 at the time of this interview, um, but you can definitely tell how sharp she still is. So she shares her memories of corn shuckings, um, but also cakewalks. So a little bit different perspective here um, and how these were handled in Macon County, North Carolina. I like to go and I like to when they'd have that, what they called cakewalk, where they'd have two and two and play music and walk, you know, march two and two. I didn't mind that. But uh, a crowd get out and dance and a man called it, what the cold yeah. calls it. Uh-uh, I wasn't in that at all. Yeah. But ooh, some of those girls could dance, my, my. They had good times then. They weren't so particular and cheesy about one another. They just, yeah. Well, did they have much problem with people drinking or anything, you know? Well, no, no, not like, nothing like they do now. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like people didn't drink and it's what I call it, act a fool at gatherings like that then. They just, they went to enjoy themselves, I reckon. But I didn't remember seeing them drinking cut up like they do now. Mm -mm. Everybody seemed to be so sociable and nice. I don't know. Did y'all have things like thrashing parties? and? Uh, huh? Did y'all have things like thrashing parties and and uh, a big party after you finished no well I remember I remember they'd have corn shuckings right. in the fall of the year men would gather the corn and put in a great big pie you know and then they'd send out word of corn shucking tonight and then they'd have supper and a lot of them would have a dance afterwards yeah now, now is this uh-huh did white and color yeah go together? yes white and color did go together there was no you didn't have the segregation no no there was no segregation to it they just i don't know they enjoyed being together to have a big time i reckon no they didn't bear to do like they do now but things well, it isn't as bad now i don't think it used to be since they uh, integrated the schools and things it isn't as bad no they'd go on white and color and i remember they'd have a red air corn in the pile somewhere. And I forgot how they done that, the one that got the red air corn. The one that shook till he found the red air corn. There's some kind of prize to that. Oh. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, they used to, and used to have uh, corn shuckings, and log, uh, yeah, and cleaning up. Not like a man had a new ground he wanted to clean up, you know, to put in corn. Now we're going to hear from Florence and Lawton Brooks. This interview was done in 1971. Florence and Lawton like to talk over each other at times, so if you need a little bit help understanding what they're saying, head on over to our website. We'll have a transcript there for you to follow along with. They talk about corn check-ins and house raisings, but they also bring in the topic of candy poolings. As I mentioned earlier, this was an important part of courtship activities, and they'll elaborate on that just a little bit. Well, see, we're trying to gather up all this information, you know, about the old corn huskings and happy pools and, and wool carding parties and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And old corn chucking. You have, have old corn chucking and chucking. They'd always buy us a drink about the middle of the night. Oh, you know? And then when we'd get done, we'd have to chuck all the corn to find it. But what, what would they do? We'd chuck all night to get to that half gallon of liquor. <laughs> sitting in the middle of that uh, corn pile, you know, we'd chuck all night. And we'd get to it, and then we'd all take a drink, and then probably have a dance the rest of the night. We got done in time, we'd dance. Sometimes we wouldn't get done in time to have a dance. Take longer, they'd just pile up the corn out in the barnyard, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it in the crib, we'd put it in the barnyard. And then they'd ask everybody, all the neighbors around, to come in, and they'd always bury a drink right in the middle of that thing. 
then they'd fall their corn on top of it. But you couldn't get a drink till you got that. Everybody wanted one, you know. When right. God, you never seen this chucking corn. <laughs> then sometimes they had, sometimes they'd have it. The man found the first red there got to kiss the prettiest girl. Oh yeah, and the one and they the, thought was the prettiest. Maybe and the, one, the one that the man thought was the prettiest if he found the red air corn, he got to kiss. You know, sometimes he'd chuck like the devil trying to find there. the red air corn. They want some ball, someone to find one. Somebody find one, then every time. Or I'll spring one. But it was, uh, it was funny. Back then, that's what the worst thing you know a boy and girl could do would be called kissing. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could do. And now it's just, you don't pay attention to it. Well, so they, they'd invited all the, all the, just old people and young people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Everything. Everything's invited. There wasn't nobody skipped. Yeah. They invited the young and old. They all come together. And you've never seen such throwing chucks in all your life. Oh, dear. That was... Then if we got done getting midnight or something like that, well, we'd have a big dance in on them. So towards daylight, we never counted on sleeping none that night. No way when we was having them big corn chuckers, because we know it was going to take a big part of the night. Oh, and we just counted on the time, you see, the big time. <laughs> About all the way we had to have them in the corn. Where's grandma? Corn husker. I thought that was so cute. I but I thought it was mighty nice and nice things like that. I wish they'd have them back like they used to. There's lots of fun in that. <laughs> yeah. well, what about the taffy pools? Did you used to go to much of those? Uh, the taffy pools? You know, they'd pull all the candy? Oh, you know, Lord. Candy pulling, Lord, how much? There'd been them, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. We used to have them at home all the time. The girls are at home, my sisters, they'd always have the candy pulling. There no one. I just kind of on board. But I, I got as much fun out as any of them did. Who would do that? The young and old, or just the young and old too? They'd all pull candy, you know. Oh, folks always go. Oh yeah. Can Can you just briefly? It got me. It got me. You get old sir Paul. You got this. They had to get it. It got me, but still, still there was lots of fun with that old uh, candy pull. Could Could you just explain maybe briefly how you made the candy? What you used? You just use this old uh, syrup like I buy. Could you use like sorghum or something? Yeah, yeah, like that's that? it. That's it. Regular old cane syrup. That's what you make. Make the candy out of that. We had it in half parties. Like, and would you do it inside yeah. or outside? Inside the house, you cook. Would you? No. Would you cook it up, or what do you have to do with the syrup? We'd have to boil it and make a candy out of it. Uh huh. You'd cook it till it got into a candy. And then they'd all go to pulling candy. Uh huh. So when it got when it got really thick, it was ready to pull. Yeah, but it, yeah, they'd have to get off the thick so we had to cook it. They got you could tell when it got into candy. You can, we used to make syrup candy. You could freeze your hands and just pull it and work it and work it and work it. We stuff in my car. Sometimes, sometimes you got time. You down? I'll make you some. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you into that. I'll show you into that. How that? How about if we came over some night and did that? Come over some night. Oh, you that's got, okay. I, we can make a nice mess. Ain't I got, ain't I got some syrup? I'm used yeah, to got, so. I've got some after cane syrup here, haven't I? And I could buy some. Well, uh, I've got some. I've got some here. Sugar. What other kind of things did you get together to do, Martin? We'd have peace rations. Oh, a new one. Yeah, peace rations. And they, people go in, everybody planted peas. Uh, these old, well, they call them old clay peas. I ain't seen none of them in 20 years. They'll see to them about to run out. You can buy these old black and white peas, you know, like they buy around. But them others are the red. 
kind of a little old beanhead, round and red. Yeah. And uh, people always plant them in the cornfield. Well, they'd go and pick and carry up, carry up, ball up great big old pot, and then we'd all get us a pole to feed. A pole? Yeah, I had to cut you a pole. Yeah. A stick to beat with, and then we'd go and we'd, uh, they had, they'd put them on big sheets, you know. Yeah. Great big old sheets, and you'd just beat, and then you'd stir up the water, and then you'd beat it again. You beat the pods off? Yeah, right up on top, and then you'd uh, stir up, get some more up, it hadn't been hit, you know. Then you'd beat them again. Now them old beatings like that, thrashing. Everybody just get together and do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd get together and just beat and thrash peas. Now the biggest time of it you ever seen. Would people all put their peas together, or did they do like one, one person's peas at a time? Different one, one at a time. But they grew lots of them back then. They, they grew them and they'd sell the things. You could buy them for Oh, nothing nearly a bushel. But still that way of getting a little money. And back then they there wasn't no way of getting money. Yeah. You had to do the best you could to get your money. Right. And they saved everything and they growed everything. Yeah. And they growed them peas and what they didn't eat. They sold. Mm -hmm. We'd have house buildings. Anybody yeah, went tell to build us about house. those. Anybody went to build a house where well, we'd all pitch in and and most of was most of them was built was built to log houses. Uh huh. And uh, we'd pitch in, and a couple of days or three days, we'd have a man house built. Really? Everybody just go in, hit the man, wasn't counting on getting a dime out of it. Of course, they'd have a maybe they'd have a big uh, have a big supper or something or other when yeah. we got it done. You know, we always had something at the end when we got done, some mm -hmm. kind of a party. A big generally had a big dance in the house the first thing before they ever moved in when there wasn't nothing in the way. We got the house done, we'd always give us a big dance. That's All nice. of us were happy to be out of the house. We'd pitch in, Lord God, you'd take 50 or 60 men, and it didn't take but a little bit to be out of that blame house. You see, it went up fast. Right. Would just the men come? Yeah. Just the men come until we got ready for a dance. Man, all One lady them. told me that, that they'd have somebody standing on each corner doing notches. Is that how they did That's it? That's right. They'd notch them. Notched the log. Some done the notching, Why some laying up, no some are carrying the log, some are peeling the log. It's always a job for every bunch. The same year, an interview was conducted with Harriet Eccles. She also talks about candy pullings and corn shuckings, but she makes mention of ice cream parties, which would have been a particular favorite of mine, and um, not cracking, interestingly enough. Um, but do you know anything about corn shuckings or oh. candy pullings? Oh, yes, I've been putting in a candy pulling, oh, brother. You know, uh, people that had farms, and, and all of these areas in here was big farms, and since I lived up here, Mr. Cade would haul up wagon loads of pumpkin, watermelons till frost in the fields, and corn. Now, they didn't, haven't had a corn shucking since I've been up here, but I went to Sarah while I lived down near Franklin. And it's where people have the big farms, and they just store the barns full, big cribs of corn, you know. And I noticed all through here, uh, years ago, they had especially log cribs made where the air could go through and finish drying the corn after they gathered it from the fields. Well, then all the neighbors would get their corn gathered in and then they'd start and they'd go from place to place every, well, maybe twice a week, they'd have a corn shucking at different places. And the men would get to the barn and shuck corn. If there was too many women, they'd go help shuck too. And uh, then the others would cook supper. 
and have a big supper, just like we have going to a church supper or something like that, and all kinds of food, everything that was prepared. And they'd store the pumpkins in a barn and cover them with the shooks and the hay from the corn to keep them through the winter. And, uh, well, it, it's just fascinating. And then after, if there's a, enough young people, they would have a, have a party. And they would dance, and if they had maid syrup, and usually they was uh, finishing up the syrup making before the corn gathering, you know, they'd have a pot of syrup boiling on the stove, and they, the syrup, molasses candy, and, and you'd pull it, you know, and you'd grease your hands. And here, it takes two to pull it, see. And you, you get one end, and, and your boyfriend gets the other, and you just hand it back and forth with both hands. You're just working it and having fun. It's fascinating. I wish people would do more of that nowadays and let the youngsters know. We tried last night to have a taffy pull, but every time we handed it back and forth, we'd go like the whole <laughs> You didn't have it cooked quite didn't a little. Boil it long enough. You didn't have it. It takes a good little while. You used to stay over the table until you get it kind of worked up, you know, and get started to pull it. And we've got out on the porch and out in the yard and pull a can then and bring it in the house. And have the big old turkey platters, you know, with the ham platters, and, and spread it around, take the knife, and it just breaks, just just take a knife and hit it, and it just breaks off in pieces. And we had the ice cream parties, too. We froze the homegrown ice cream, you know, and we'd have about five freezer, and we'd have about 30 youngsters, and then the old folks would come in with the children, and well, we'd stay up till 12 and 2 o'clock, go home, and Lay down a little while and get up and do the chores and go, but usually our ice cream suppers is on Saturday night. Could and you explain those a little better? Huh? Could you explain that a little better? The ice cream suppers? Mm -hmm. Well, you see, uh, most everybody had four or five cows and where, well, there was just a lot of people that lived like we do around here, you know. And they'd all fix the cow on the milk and they'd make the boy custard, you know how that speaks, with the milk and eggs and what have you, you know sugar and flavor and cook it and freeze it. And it's delicious, but it's where you put a lot of eggs in it. It's so rich, you can't eat as much of it as you can, the raw crew. And uh, we get about five ice cream freezers and invite the youngsters in and maybe we get in the, in the parlor as we had those days and get around the organ or piano or whatever, most every family had an organ or piano one. And we youngsters would sing and play games, and well, it's, it's just fun. See, we didn't have anywhere to go. The picture shows, and that was back in the horse and bucket days, and in the big towns was the only place there was a theater, you know, to go to. And that's what we did for recreation was our parties that we had and singings, and we'd meet during the week, and we'd go to fire meeting on Wednesday night, and the crowd of the youngsters, and they sing and practice the songs for the choir and for church on Sunday, you know. And then we'd have, on Saturday nights, we'd have our ice cream supper. And in the wintertime, a candy pulling. And, well, we'd gather nuts and we'd have a nut cracking to make our candy, you know, for one to make uh, fudge or something like that. And we did all kinds of things like that. Again, the same year, 1971, we've got an interview from Richard and Margaret Norton, who lived in Betty's Creek, Georgia, which is 
where present-day Dillard, Georgia is um, here in Raven County. They talk about corn chuckins and house raisings and candy pull-ins, but Margaret does talk a little bit about quiltings. And as mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, quiltings were an important part of women's activities and an important time for them to come together. It was an activity that they could perform while still watching children. So there are memories from children who grew up going to quiltings, hiding beneath the quilt or hanging out in the other room, trying to listen to what the women were saying. So she gives us a nice introduction to some of that practice. Okay, I'm getting information on times when people used to get together, like uh, when they had corn chuckins and barn raisins and house raisins and candy pullings and, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Can you tell me anything about that, like the corn chuckins? Quiltings. Quiltings, right? Yeah. Wool yeah. gardens. Yeah, they used to have corn chuckins. Yeah. Every fall, they'd get the corn gathered up and they'd have corn chuckings and they'd all gather in and they'd have a big, all the women folks, a lot of them would go in, you know, and cook dinner. And then, and then folks would chuck corn and had a jug of liquor in the middle of the big pile of corn. <laughs> Whoever got to hit first got a drink first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all what right. they used to tell, you know. <laughs> they just showed it hard as they could chuck. <laughs> Last one that I was at like that was over on Wolfsport. That's Blue. Do you know Blue's King? I don't know. Well, he lived on Wolfsport for a while. I believe he was. Susan lived on Wolfsport for a while, but she probably didn't get acquainted with Bruce Keener because he's a. Uh, well, he's not old, but he's not yeah, young. They're right up on the head of Wolfsport. Uh, right at the top of the. Is it a brick house? Right up. Uh-huh. Is it a brick house? Split level, I believe, too. Yeah, I believe he'd be up in your house right here. Yeah, I think uh, I've met his wife. I know his boys, too, I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah, back in those days, everybody helped everybody else. If somebody wanted to build a house, everybody flew in. Yeah, well, how, how long would it take? Like, say, if you're going to build a, a log cabin with a couple rooms in it, like, how long would it take them to get it together? They'd meet up, they'd get their logs out and have them ready, and they'd so many of them do the notching, you know. Some of them roll them up. They'd put up the walls one in a day. Did they use pulleys to get the logs up? Huh? Did they use any kind of pulleys with ropes to get the logs up? Uh, they just, most of the time, just use what we call skid poles. Put uh-huh. up poles, lay up poles and roll them up. Four or five get a hold of them, you know, and they just roll them right up on the house. And how could you make sure that everybody's notches were going to fit together, you know? Well, they generally had one, they had them measured pretty close, you see, and they were taped, and they didn't care whether they were exactly squares they up They had somebody that knew how to cut them up. And they had uh, somebody that really knew how to cut them, you know. And, and, they, they could make them fit all right. And, and then sometimes they'd put them up there and notch them. If they got them up pretty high, they, they generally use smaller logs. And they could uh, notch them if they got them up there, you see. They'd turn them up and notch them and then turn them back over and let them fit on the log up there. <coughs> <coughs> Then people would work all day, you know, I mean all all fall on quilt, piece of quilt tops, you know. 
Yeah. And then when they got them all pieced, they'd invite in all the neighbors and they'd have a quilt and that'd be that person. Whoever they had the quilt for at that particular time furnished all the dinner. People nice. didn't bring in nothing to eat unless they was having a community quilting or a quilt to sell like the home demonstration club does. You yeah. know, quilt quilts and then when they at whoever house they have it at everybody takes a dish. But if it's for, it's at your house and it's for you, you furnish the whole dinner, even if there's 20 women there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how long would it take, say, five women to quilt a quilt, you think? Oh, well, they could they could quilt it out in a day. We've done it a lot of times. We've had lots of quilts up in the <coughs> for the home demonstration club, mm -hmm. and quilt two. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. they can usually two, four, five, six, about six, get around one quilt. So. Yeah. What other what other things did people you know get together to work to do? Like, it seems like people got together to help each other you know working. Well, I used to help each other kill hogs when they had hogs to kill. Oh yeah. The, the neighbors would come in and help. Everybody got a mess of meat and went back home. So, because <laughs> you had four or five hogs to kill. Yeah, right. And they half a dozen or more come to help you. Mm-hmm. And they do it for accommodation for a mess of meat. Oh, they were just giving them a mess of meat a lot of time. But we are up here, we, me and my uncles, and uh, join in together, and we kill eight or ten big hogs. But we'd always, uh, we'd just dress ones out, you know, and then we'd kill another, two or three more for the other fellow, and two or three more for the other fellow, so we got them all killed and dressed out. And, we could See, do it all in one day. You have to dress them like they do. <coughs> so you have to do that yourself. Yeah. Um, what about, did, did y'all used to have much, many candy pullings? Perhaps yeah, they used to have candy pullings all the time. You made fruit, didn't you? Yeah, we had that. Well, we had what we call candy breakings, and then candy pullings too. When they made syrup, we'd we had to build it long before the gentleman made up syrup. His father had the syrup mill over there. We go by and have a candy pudding and make syrup candy in them. Take your girl and friend and, and pull it together. You get your big string <laughs> stuff and double it like that. Just keep pulling it till you make candy out of it. What's a candy breaking? Well, that, we just buy this uh, peppermint candy, all kinds of candy. candy we, you know. Somebody take a dishpan and cover it up, and you had to reach in there. And if you and your partner didn't get the same kind of piece, you had to put it back. But if you okay. did, you kept it. And then they'd circle through the house like that all the time, go around, and it'd be 25, you know. <laughs> maybe. So they'd go around and around through the house and every time if you didn't get the, the candy didn't match, they'd have different colors, you see, and if it didn't match, well, you had to pay it back. <laughs> then you see who got the most candy, you know, who was the luckiest, you know, and they... <laughs> Were a boy and a girl usually partners? Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, we're going to hear from Lena Dorsey. Again, this is a much later interview conducted in 2013.
Lena talks about a much different activity, and that is the Bean Creek Valley Vets, who were a local baseball team that was pretty well known for playing in this area. And um, as mentioned earlier, she grew up in a very close-knit community. And so the Bean Creek Valley Vets were kind of like local celebrities in in this region of Georgia. So she's going to talk about the role they played in their community. Tell us about the... um Baseball games that used to go on up here. Oh, the Valley Vets. Uh, that was, where the, you know where the church sitting at? Uh-huh. Well, it's the little road that goes right by the church on up to the ballpark. That was the Dinky Valley Vets. Well, it was, it was a team before then, but I don't know about them. Now, that was the... The, that that that's where Bean Creek was really popular. Everybody would come from far near to, to the ball games. That's the only fun place we had. So you went to a few of the games? Oh yes. Who did they play? Somebody, everybody. Really? What that mayor? Uh, oh, what's the name? He was the. Something was Georgia. Lived over here in Blairville or somewhere over there. Mm, what was his name? Zell Miller? Mm, I don't know. My, my memory doesn't get up and gone, y'all. I'm just glad that they took history, you know, about people back in there, because I done forgot what I didn't know about it. Somebody didn't try to remember. <laughs> How often did they have games? Was it every Saturday or once a month? Do you know? <coughs> well, sometimes. Well, I know it was more than once a month. But yeah. I just don't know where they had it. Well, somewhere, if they wasn't playing here, they were going somewhere to play. Do you remember where they went to play in different places? Just different all over places, the place? Different places. Yeah. Even they was even over in Murphy playing. There'd be big crowds when they would play here? Oh, Lord, yes. Sir. Oh, really? How many people would be there watching it? Cobbs was part from him. It's all over, you know. Right. People from everywhere would come here. Really? Yeah, because... Yeah, that, that, that was the time in 4th of July and Labor Day and stuff like that. Oh, right. Uh, they... People like to come here because they can let their hair down. Ranking, because they, yeah, oh, every every Fourth of July, Labor Day, we would be down in Underwood Park, down in Washington, Atlanta, playing. Yeah. Do you remember? Let's Yeah. Do you remember about when they stopped doing that? How long? I mean. Seems been a long time, but mm, yeah, it's been a good while. Yeah. Zell Miller, I think he was one of the presenters. Uh. Mm. I had one of his books, but after I lost my eyesight, I lost my mind. Everything else, you know. Has Bobby passed away? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He used to play. Yeah. 
Is Bobby a relative of yours? No, he was the, uh, I don't think there was no kin, but uh, anyway, he used to play ball. He was one of the younger, you know, players. My brother used to play all of them. Well, that he used to play when my daddy was coming up, you know. Well, that's the only fun game, really, that you had around here. Everybody would look forward for the ball games on the weekend. That's when people just enjoy things. Nowadays, you can't get a crowd to hold it up. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to see you all in person this Saturday, October 8th at our Foxfire Fall Festival. It'll take place at the Raven County Civic Center here in Clayton, Georgia. We'll meet at 10 a.m. and festivities will continue until 5 p.m. The museum will also be open that day, so definitely encourage you to come by and get your fill of Foxfire and Appalachia. Um, you can learn more about these events on our website at www.foxfire.org events. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share with a friend or a family member. Leave us a review, a rating, send us a note, subscribe. All of those things help us gather in new listeners and spread the work that we do here at Foxfire. If you're interested in furthering your support, please consider purchasing a Foxfire membership or subscribing to the Foxfire magazine. Both of those things go directly back to supporting our mission of preserving and promoting Southern Appalachian history and culture, um, but it also helps us continue our Foxfire magazine program, which again is the foundation of all that we do here at Foxfire, working with local teens to get out into their community. And exciting news, we have a new Foxfire book coming out this March. Pre-orders will be available later this fall, but we are so excited to announce that the Foxfire book of Appalachian Women's Stories of Community and Landscape in the Mountain South will be hitting shelves again March 2023. This book will feature 21 women's stories um, from 1967 up until 2020. This is a compilation of interviews, some that have been published in books, magazines, on the podcast, some that have never been published before. They're interwoven to tell diverse stories of place and people here in Appalachia. So definitely um, encourage you to check that out and follow us on social media at foxfire.org for the most recent updates about, um, again, pre-orders and news about the book and things happening here at Foxfire. We thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Y'all take care. If you don't like that, you can throw it away. I like it. <laughs>